Hi friend, my name is Amy Joy and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. I am a homeschooling mom and my parents started a homeschooling business on like curriculum back in 1990. And from the beginning, one of the things that my mom wanted was to have children's books that were beautiful in their own way, but not necessarily trying to make history or anything else seem saccharine sweet or kind of lying about some of the more difficult parts. And that, I think, is a beautiful and good decision. (laughs) I know in the realm of homeschooling, there's a company that has come up recently, um, or, you know, since 1990, certainly, and they take their name from Philippians 4.8, which, of course, says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And they maybe have a slightly different translation, but anyway, they, their thing is, you don't, we don't want to use any kind of book that would be you know, dark in any way. And I've thought about this because when Paul wrote this list of things to think about to the Philippian church, it's a beautiful list. Things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good repute, excellence, worthy of praise. Dwell on these things. And yet... (laughs) Where does the crucifixion fit into this story? In, in some ways, we could say, oh no, that's actually the most lovely story ever. Like, this is the story of our salvation. This is the story of how we get to be called from darkness into light. <laughs> you know, I think about how the scripture says that if, if the enemy had known, he would not have crucified the king of glory. Like, that was the thing that actually des- destroyed his work. And yet, oh, you know, I was at a conference at one point with John and Carol Arnott, and John Arnott showed us just a small clip of The Passion of the Christ. And he said, I try to watch this movie once a year. I don't like it. It's not fun for me, but I feel like this is part of how I keep my heart open and astonished before God. And I wasn't sure I would even be able to make it through the couple of minutes that uh, they showed. It was the part of Jesus having his feet and hands nailed to the cross and then for the cross to be set upright. Oh, and I remember reading at one point about how it would take, I don't remember exactly the lead actor's name, Jim Cavaziel or something like that, but that it took two or three hours a day for his makeup to be applied. And that seemed kind of odd until you look at how much his body was brutalized. And that was something John Arnott also said, like, I wonder if part of the reason why people didn't recognize Jesus when he was resurrected because he had been so brutalized. And so whether that actually had shifted how he physically looked or because he was presenting now as a glorified Christ. You know, how often were people who even were close to him like, and some said it was the Lord and some doubted, you know, you're like, oh, 
why did they all doubt? And so I don't, I don't know if that's the answer, but it was certainly an interesting consideration. And so I think about this because if we're looking at Paul's instruction on what to view, this would not be, uh, the the crucifixion would not be something that we would want to look at. (laughs) It's like you kind of want to vomit because it was so awful and so mean and so unkind, like all of these things. It did not display the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, and so I think there's a part of saying we actually need to hold intention, even what this verse is trying to communicate, that we don't want to dwell on things that aren't of the Lord, but sort of like how believers have always been willing to go into places and say, oh, you're killing your babies because you don't value girls. Leave your girls on our doorstep and we'll care for them. Or they they say, oh, there's young women being trafficked. We will go and take them out of these places of pain and awfulness. But they have to be able to, they have to be willing to look at those things in order to be able to bring light into those areas. And so I think there's a part where I am, it's like a really deep grief for me to say, if you're raising children who don't know how to look at things that are even a little bit hard, you know, like if the Chronicles of Narnia is a little bit too intense for you or you think that that's not following the Philippians 4.8 instructions, I would just want you to reconsider or maybe open your heart a little bit and say, okay, the Bible actually has quite a few stories that are pretty awful. And yet we we do want to teach the scriptures to our children. And so, oh, wow, this was a really weighty, I was not expecting this to be quite such a weighty topic, but I think maybe I've been carrying this in my heart for probably a couple of years now, just that desire that we raise our children well, that they're able to understand the things of the Lord and be at peace with even being able to look at the things that are really, really intense. Oh, so Lord, we ask for more discernment. We ask for the ways that we ourselves approach life, what we think about. We ask for what our children think about, that you would be pouring out on us your wisdom, your uh, discernment, that we would know uh, how much and how often and in what ways we're supposed to look at this world. (laughs) Lord, we think about just how unkind people can be to one another. We think about historically, whether it was 400 years of the slave trade, or we think about all of the different wars and squabbles that happened, you know, let's say in North America before the Europeans arrived. We think about all of the unkindness in Africa. Lord, I think about my friend going recently to the 9-11 museum and how it was just like, there's so much sorrow in that place. It's like hard to contain. And Lord, we recognize that it's like that in concentration camps, that there are places on this earth where the land itself is still in mourning over what people do to other people. And Lord, you're the answer 
like sometimes I think well, there was like a certain number of tears maybe that need to be cried. And so, Lord, in the way that we do want to be honoring what Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 8, that we do want to look at the things that are lovely. But, Lord, we also recognize that Jesus as the great intercessor, that you weep over the things of this world that are not yet put to rights. And so, Lord, I'm asking that we would carry your heart in the places that we go. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen.